The Q Affair While some similarities to living people may exist in your mind on reading this novel, it is a work of fiction, so it's your problem if you have people like this in your life. Chapter 10 Desiree had some fairly nifty and devious troll tricks herself. She was capable of doing things on the quiet sometimes, because while comparing notes with others who had been chucked off her channel, I learned that her method of ensuring they disappeared from her sub's memory quickly was to visit the person's channel after her live stream or find their comment under her video, then block them without their knowledge and without telling other subscribers. This meant that sometimes a person who had been blocked would not be aware that there was any problem and would continue turning up in chats or comments. When you're blocked, your comments are still visible but only to you yourself. And it often occurs that while you continue posting comments for a while before you realise that nobody else besides yourself can see your comments. I remember one occasion being in Desiree's live stream chat after saying hello to other people chatting and receiving no reply, then going on to make other comments which were ignored until I became annoyed at how uncivil everyone was being and posted a swear word. In, in relation to how rudely I thought they were behaving. There was no response even to the use of the strong language and still I was ignored. So I signed out of my account and took another look at the chat area and discovered that the comment along with my avatar picture was hidden. This sneaky way of blocking people without telling them was bound to cause annoyance to people like myself who were essentially wasting their time commenting when the comments weren't going to be seen by anyone. We then had the added indignity, maybe, of being mentioned as a troll, when we couldn't respond that we weren't and hadn't actually done anything, apart from making a remark she didn't agree with or didn't have an answer to, or just being blocked because a wrench carrier wanted to wield it on someone, anyone, who turned up in chat without a wrench. Then we got trolled on other channels by her subs after perhaps a mention as being a troll in her video earlier, finding our enjoyment of other channels where we weren't excluded was also somewhat spoiled by the trolling we experienced when they spotted us. Whenever I saw someone complaining about her behaviour, as they often did elsewhere, after the shock of discovering they were banned for something they didn't know they had done to her, I'd usually reply to their comment, pointing out that it probably wasn't anything they'd done really because she had a history of this kind of behaviour online. And I'd post a link to the blog post so they could see what I was talking about for themselves and look at the links to the old forum po posts and other places where she'd been involved in fights online. Many people started looking at these posts. Then someone uploaded a video of an incident that had taken place in Desiree's live stream between Desiree and Silver Moon to show how unreasonable Desiree could be. This video, which showed her going full tilt shouting at Silver in the chat, provided a meeting place and therapy room for all those who felt they had been mistreated by Desiree on her Truth Fleet channel. The video, when it appeared, was entitled Desiree, the Conspiracy Tard, which
which didn't leave one in much doubt about how the uploader felt about her stories of stalker gangs and murder. The video became very popular, with so many crucified commenters meeting there to swap their own stories while they got over the initial shock of being shouted at or called names on the truth fleet and pursued on other channels by Desiree's flying monkeys. The flying monkeys tended to avoid that video's comment section, and many other videos about Desiree sprang up, most shot as inexpertly as hers by people with no clue how to make any more decent quality video than Desiree herself. They were mostly shot on phones, with the phone held up to record the computer screen at the bit of Desiree's video they wanted to complain about. Sometimes there were filters added to emphasise the menacing quality of the haranguing they were getting, like doing a negative exposure or adding graininess and crackling to make it look like a cinema noir classic. And indeed, it was almost like a little art house production when one came out and we gathered in one another's channel comment sections to laugh together and swap stories after the video had been uploaded and we'd had our viewing. A lot more fun than the original production, we thought. We were like an anti-Desiree cult. cult. Desiree had a new gang to talk about with the spate of videos about her appearing on different channels. And the troll gang put new energy into her, invigorating the by then slightly tired topic of the murder, which seemed not to be going anywhere since none of the loyal wrenches appeared to be investigating it, as she suggested. There was a parcel bomb to talk about too, in relation to Q, as he sometimes signed his drops with the word boom. Desiree had been talking about parcel bomb attacks in Texas, and her conviction that it was left-wingers, such as Antifa groups, who were behind them. Left-wingers, according to Desiree, were always wanting to start trouble as they wanted to take America down by any means. Silver, before she was banned, had mentioned in chat when Desiree had said something about November 5th being a socialist celebration, that November 5th was Guy Fawkes Day. That was what set Desiree off making her suddenly enraged and shout about her being an Anon terrorist, the relationship with which I couldn't see until I remembered later that they wore Guy Fawkes masks on their marches. The fireworks were certainly spectacular that night as she shouted that Silver was responsible for the bombs and had the blood of American families, a favourite phrase of hers, on her hands before the wrenches descended like a legion of anons to boot her out of chat. Boom! Within the hour, a new Desiree fan-made video was up, showing her in full rage mode, spittle flying and pudgy finger temporarily obscuring her face as she aimed it into the lens, accusing Silver of being one of the socialists who wanted to start a civil war. She made it clear that she was wise to the tactic of trying to sell her and her socialist friends' vision of war as merely a celebration of a British holiday, and pointed out the two other YouTubers, Fandango and Joss Good, 
who both had large channels which often discussed political issues of interest to truthers, may as well have been setting those bombs themselves. There seemed to be some association in Desiree's mind between these two channel owners and Silver Moon, although Silver wasn't a creator herself until the uploading of that video, which was her debut art house movie. The critics loved it. Desiree now started building all sorts of new things around her initial narrative of her daughter's murder, saying that the trolls she had ejected were working for Rick Russell's stalking ring. Silver was added to this roll call of stalkers, which grew by the day, and Monograph, who had denied the paedophilia charges she was levelling at him, was also added to the ring and cited by Desiree as being one of the main figures in the ring of killers. She mentioned a well-known unsolved murder, a particularly weird story I remember reading in newspapers sometime way back in the 1990s about a child victim whose mother was keen on those children's talent contests and whose picture showed her in adult-looking makeup and huge bouffant hairdo smiling like Liberace for extra points from the judges before her murder by an unknown intruder who obtained access to the house via a basement window and left after murdering the tiny beauty queen. Desiree informed viewers that Monograph's channel graphic, A Hand on a Window, depicted the blood-stained hand of the killer, who was, in fact, Monograph the fiend who mocked the child he had murdered, the monster who had never been arrested and flung that fact in everyone's face with the image. Sometimes other accounts were accused of being monograph in a second account, stalking her. This was possible to do on YouTube as I knew because I had two accounts myself with an extra one created to read Desiree's chat after she had blocked me, since you couldn't see anyone that had blocked you or read their comments. I remained curious about the chat and comments, since I got discussed rather a lot there, as well as get, getting mentions in her videos and labelled a troll, and even getting a promotion to status of murderous gang member once the blog post was discovered. What with all these new trolls added to her list of stalkers, and proving she was not making it up when she said she was being stalked. She had managed to do well collecting donations for a new laptop for her news channel she intended to really get going on once the necessary goal was reached for the startup capital needed from her subscribers. After she had obtained a jaunty purple coloured laptop for her business, she still used her phone to live stream from wrapping an elastic band around it, attached to a short stick, which served as a tripod for it when stood upright in a vase filled with cat litter or sand from the local beach if she was down to the last of the cat litter. She once did a prepping video, in fact, pointing out that when one was so near the beach, it was wasteful to buy litter when sand was excellent for the purpose and could be rinsed and reused. She'd learned some advanced prayer skills while with Jesus-loving Christians, I thought, 
as reusable litter wasn't something that would occur to most people. She'd balance the new laptop on her ample lap and flip it up, turning it to show what news story she had been researching online that day. This involved reading out whatever stories she had found of interest and pausing every so often in her reading to look up and say something like, the gang, to add emphasis and teach people to learn to discern the presence of the gang everywhere. Sometimes she forgot to return to what she was reading and she lost herself in the explanation to the viewers and getting so carried away that the laptop once took an unfortunate nosedive to the floor within the first week or so of its purchase. It survived the fall and must have been quite sturdy as once she checked the screen wasn't shattered, still chatting away, she plonked it up on the table, almost throwing it as it was hard for her to lean forward well with the hindrance of her huge bosom and stomach in the way. Although the stalker gang were focused on American children and herself, they were an international gang whose tentacles extended very far, she said, and they were going to be a challenge to put behind bars. Her viewers' donations were going to help to do that by forcing the authorities to reopen the murder case once she and her subs had brought enough attention to it with the truth fleet and now the plans for the news channel to get busy too. Her news office, set to soon expand, also now had a printer, which she bought because it was on special offer and she could see the potential for creating a newsletter for her subscribers that she could send out to them in the post once they emailed her their addresses. Many people liked their news from real newspapers instead of reading it online, she knew. And she felt subscribers would enjoy her craft and prepping recipes too in the monthly newspapers she planned to produce on the printer. She just had to set it up, a simple matter, but was ready to receive people's addresses at any time with the subscription fee of $20 to cover the printing and postal costs. Sometimes a kerfuffle in the chat was noticed by her and she would interrupt her thoughts to point out again that she didn't appreciate trolls in her living room. Bad language from her wrenches didn't seem to bother her at all in the service of showing trolls who was in charge. I sometimes screenshot the chat comments if they were particularly over the top in case the situation developed into more and I was seeing the blogging potential in continuing to follow the narrative too, considering the possibility of following it in posts and presenting my version of it in contrast to her version on the blog. I knew she had much more entertainment value in her with her narratives and business schemes, and I hadn't seen anything similar done in a blog before anywhere. It would be an amusing insight, I decided, with the prime example provided of the phenomenon of the internet troll. I was enjoying writing, which I hadn't done in a while, and then only as part of a course requirement rather than as a pleasant pursuit. Since the post about her, I had written several other posts on topics I found interesting and picked up a few followers from out in the ether. 
The next post about her, I have to admit, contained a lot more personal vitriol than my previous one had, since there had been a lot of water passed under the bridge since then, as the saying goes. I had missed out on Desiree's Patrick's Day celebration, or Patty's Day, as she irritatingly referred to it in her American mangling of the day's name we use in Ireland. Due to being blocked at the time, which I took very personally, being the only Irish person I knew of in her chat. Although she had been unblocking me, along with others from time to time, as she hated to lose so many subscribers to her peaks of annoyance, I was blocked permanently by then. And on Patrick's Day, she mentioned Irish trolls often, as did the wrenches, who had the nugget of information that I was Irish to work with. And clearly this was my day, so I must be mentioned often. I had guessed that Desiree had seen my first blog post while looking up her subs and her trolls online. And she sometimes let us know she did when dropping bits of information about them that she had found on their channels, in their videos, playlists or comments or when they emailed her when she came across something which convinced her they were one of her stalkers trying to get close to her to win her confidence. She still hadn't mentioned the post, but she had started to insert some of the topics I had written about after the post on her, such as meditation and Tai Chi into her live streams even doing a little Tai Chi to demonstrate it with arms out, nearly touching opposite walls and knees creaking under the massive strain on them as she tried to dip her body down slowly without falling over. When she would mention the post, if ever, I didn't know, because her sub seemed to not be aware of its existence. But I began to think about the merry dance that I might lead her on if she found my content as interesting suddenly as I had found hers. The impression that she was getting topics from my blog was reinforced by the realisation that every time I posted on a topic, it was sure to become one of her topics within a day or two. I was writing at the time about the dynamics of group interaction online, as it was fascinating to watch how people interacted on the various channels and how a cult-like mentality seemed to take root easily where subscribers were eager to impress the channel streamer. It was a field of psychology that seemed fairly new still, but I found a lot to read online that applied to what I'd observed going on in the truther end of YouTube that was endlessly interesting to me like watching ant colonies at work, or some kind of fungal growth beneath the soil in a forest, suddenly illuminated by a Disney-style animation for you to see the structure of. When Desiree mentioned that she wanted to do a lot more on the topic of groups on YouTube as they related to the gang, I knew. I knew for sure she had seen the post and that it was only a matter of time before she would have to talk about it, before everyone else did, and her story fell apart.